Many young people have grown up knowing that it's their cup that needs to be filled up by the teachers, the mentors, the parents, the bosses, the CEOs who have the jug to fill it up. At Boardroom Banta, we are on a mission to make the boardroom as big as can be, amplifying the stories behind the people and filling each other up. We are the founders and this is our story. Hey guys, welcome back to Founders Friday. Welcome everybody. I know y'all missed us. We missed you too. Uh can't lie. It's been a it's been an interesting couple of uh couple of days. I mean, last time we were talking uh invasions were just a theory. <laughs> Yo, we called it. We called it though. So we called it. We 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 actually called it. Um and yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's crazy to see what's happening out there. Um, not to say that such things haven't been happening in the past, but, you know, I, I guess this has gotten a lot of media attention. Russia's a huge player, you know, they're the big boys eh? and they're, they're usually quiet. So, you know, now when they start making noise, uh, I'm beating the chest. they start beating their chest. Uh, their other fellow big boys, uh, they get a bit rattled. So, yeah, I know it's, it's interesting to see. Um, we have our fellow Dutchman here, straight from the Netherlands. I think recently the Netherlands, they, they stopped being neutral and I think they, they picked sides there. And them in Switzerland. Them in Switzerland. They said, hey, you guys need to chill a bit. Um, Mr. Honorable Putin, um, who we respect and <laughs> who we... Um, Shall not say anything bad about lest this podcast we makes just, it to the Kremlin. Let's just stop it there. We just stop <laughs> it there. <laughs> Mr. Netherlands. Um thoughts, thoughts. Thoughts, Mr. Yuri Koret. Man, I don't know, but the past couple of weeks have just been crazy. Like I've been on probably every single news uh uh, outlet just checking out what kind of things are happening in Ukraine and man, I just don't know. I just don't know where the world is going now. I've not seen any news on COVID. So <laughs> do we still is there is there going is there COVID still in the world? Um, everyone now is talking about the war and yeah man I just I just hope that everything just dies down and you know we, we we restore peace on you know in the in the whole world because mm. I I am not I'm not really excited about you know with all the things that are happening in the world. Yeah. So man, I just I just hope everything will just get back uh together, you know. This 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 decade has been quite interesting. Yeah, starting from 2020, like I feel like I've seen so much horrors within just this couple of you know these two years, man. It's crazy. Back to you guys. Hey, Sean, how are the markets? Markets are crazy, man. <laughs> Let me tell you, right, right now I'm just chilling on the sidelines. You don't get caught in anything right now. Um, the dips are still dipping, so you you know you really. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy time, but I'm sure there's people making millions and millions. You My know. friend told me gold yeah. is up. Oh yeah, gold gold is performing quite well. Gold in itself is considered a safe haven asset. Gold uh-huh. and silver, um, 
how come it was a quick crash course right so <laughs> quick economic crash course here's how we put in the the background music something that sounds techy yeah something that sounds <sighs> i got you i got you got you i bet cue now now Welcome to Boardroom Banter <laughs> Economics uh, <laughs> economic segment. Yo. So quick quick rundown on the money 101, right? So what we use day to day is called fiat currency, fiat, right? So your cash, your dollars, your what fiat sounds like. Yeah, the the it's car. Like, remember the... that game we used to play in primary school? Yeah, where you put a bladder <laughs> A, 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 yeah, a, a rubber band. My Kenya history. Yeah. You put a rubber band and then a piece of paper, then you whack someone. Yeah. 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 Bro. I used to be a pro. We used to have championships for that one. Like we put a piece of paper on the wall, like who can aim and hit it. Yeah. We used to hit each other also. Sorry, go on. Fiat anyway, currency. Fiat currencies. So um think think. Think of fiat, let's use the analogy of a rubber band, right? Um, the concept of elasticity, right? Uh, fiat currency is, is how it started off, you know, back in the, you know, ancient China, you know, I think it was like 12th or 11th century, somewhere back there. Uh, what, what happened was that people used to trade with um, gold and silver like coins right back to the roman empire way before even jesus's time you know when when someone is betraying someone and they're given silver shekels you know like those were that was the currency right and and it's because silver and gold were relatively hard to acquire and um they were pure in nature and so and they were shiny so that gave them value right so over time gold silver um kind of became commonplace currency and so what happened now was banks started to be established and what the bank looked like back in the day was you know a bunch of guys would set up and have a bunch of gold and silver in reserves and what you do is you deposit your gold or silver there your coins and you'd get a note it's like an iou note saying you have x amount worth of gold or yeah. silver and you it's this this voucher is redeemable for x amount of gold or silver that quickly turned into money which would be backed over time by like banks, central banks, and who would have currency reserves of gold and silver, which like, let's say the dollar would be backed by. So for example, $1 used to be worth X amount of ounces of gold, $10, you get so on and so forth. But what happened in 1971 um, at what was called the Bretton Woods um, conference was that President Nixon at the time- 1971. President Nixon at the time of the of, of the United States took the dollar off of the gold standard, meaning a dollar no longer is valued based on its equivalent in gold. gold. So what that allowed it to 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 have is, um, like it, you can print as many dollars as you want without there having to be any intrinsic value backing the dollar beyond just public perception and so since then till today the dollar has lost i think it's like 98 90 something percent of its purchasing power because that's like 50 years right yeah 
and so what has happened is that we've had we've had wars we've had this and that and what the government is basically able to do and many governments uh, across the world uh, um took on the same concept is we can just print money out of thin air so that's an inflationary system so the more money that is in supply the less it's going to be worth and over time that's doomed to fail right but we've still got gold and silver these commodities that are hard to to mine and they're rare etc where are they they're in the mine <laughs> i'm all like what do you mean where are they <laughs> who owns them because like, who, who are you trading with gold and silver mm. so central banks trade with each other mining companies mine and then sell into open markets etc and okay. and so traditionally what happens is that countries have reserves of gold and silver as a hedge against um anything happening like inflation or war or whatever sanctions sanctions so what's been happening over the past like 10 or so years is russia has been de-dollarizing because also what the us did is that they made an agreement with um the largest oil producing producing countries i think there's like eight of them they're called opec um i don't know what that stands for really i forgot but that's the that's that's this global chair of people who dictate where does oil go right how much oil should we produce this year and who is contributing how much they basically control our oil supply and what the us did is they said this oil must be opec means the organization of the petroleum exporting countries exactly and who is it iraq uh-huh. iran iraq kuwait saudi arabia and venezuela there's created them who created uh uh-huh. right so carry on. so this the they said that oil must be priced in dollars Gaddafi came around in the 20 somethings and said, "You know what? We have a lot of oil. You OPEC guys, this dollar of yours, as we're going to back it by gold." Hey, have you seen where Libya is now? Because I, I mean, if you do that, that means that basically the countries who have the most oil, their currency would be the strongest. The same way right now, the US by mandating everyone does in dollars so anyway anyway coming back to today things like gold and silver are of more value in times of war because you can no longer assure that your dollar is not being printed into infinite supply so because of the war because of the war i mean yeah. they print trillions of dollars and money supplies off the roof your dollars are losing value every day but gold isn't because are they printing infinite gold no you silver because you can't so you can only mine it. it's, it's finite right that's the same argument for bitcoin bitcoin is finite you can't have an infinite supply of bitcoin there's a capped number which is 21 million bitcoin there will only ever be 21 million bitcoin in so, the world in the world ever, ever. yeah so what will happen is that, that happen? that's how the protocol of bitcoin is it's finite in nature so what happens is that bitcoin over time will naturally appreciate in value as more people own it whereas dollars are No, um bitcoin is deflationary in 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 nature in that it gets more valuable over time dollars are not and gold it's hard to mine silver it's hard to mine so those over time as they're needed more and more they they appreciate in value so that's why right now you find that fiat currency i mean the russian ruble is it's worth as much as the kenyan shilling now if not you know and that happened overnight So that can happen to any currency because what was the ruble backed by? No, nothing. It's fiat. You get so 
anyway, we've gone off on a tangent, but this was an interesting. I hope someone has learned something. Fact, bro. You, you know, this is the first time. Sean needs to be Sean. Do you have an online course? <laughs> Yuri, what are your thoughts on this? Because it's it's very relevant yeah. to it paints a picture of exactly what's and, happening. And if, right if I'm to just quickly add, Russia because they were de-dollarizing, so removing as many dollars as they can to buy gold, and China have been doing the same thing. And Russia also have they, they supply oil to Europe, and so the less dollars you have and the more gold you have and the more oil. Oil prices are also the highest they've been since I don't know when, at like $110 per barrel. Mm. So Russia are holding a lot of cards because Europe can can't... their own currency now. Or... I mean, in, in theory, that would yeah. be catastrophic. But yeah, so, so that's, that's why Russia is so bold right now is they've got a lot of gold and they have oil. Gold and oil are doing very well right now. Yuri. Wow. It's kind of crazy how all these things, you know, are being brought into perspective. But something very interesting that came up uh, when you are talking about, you know, gold as a, you know, commodity-backed currency, and you know, if you watched Mining Heist, and um, <laughs> um, you know, it something just came up. You know, um, gold in itself really just serves as you know trust for a country right yeah you know in in most economic environments so like what happens if because at at the end of the day you know like gold like the value of gold is put into perspective based on how fine it is right Mm -hmm. but what if you know people have you know certain reserves of fake gold in in their in in their you know in the in the central banks yeah. and there's <laughs> you can't really prove it you know people just say like we have a couple of tons and people don't believe it because at the end of the day it's mostly being traded between central banks like it's no longer like in the past where you would go and then you would get gold for gold right no yeah you guys what if this is just money heist playing out you know in front of our eyes probably russia might not even have this gold I mean, you do, I, that's actually, you know, that's a good question of who's to determine who, whose gold is legit. Like, who goes to check? Who goes to check? I, I genuinely don't know what the process is for a central bank to have gold in its reserves. Like, do, do they check authenticity? Like, what's the, between the miners that they buy from and whatever? Like, what? I'm curious as to the process because there was a scandal in Kenya. Remember when, People are sell, sending fake gold to, I think they, they, they ground down padlocks. So you know padlocks, how they're like yellowish, yellowish. Oh. So they said this is gold dust, I think gold grains. And they sent containers full of this stuff to like Dubai or something, Saudi Arabia, Middle East. Wash, wash. Wash, wash. So there's a lot of Kenyan business people and Congolese who are... Right. Like, this is like a pastor. My mom was telling me like yeah. three weeks ago yeah. how there's some gold that was discovered. So she's in Busia. Yeah. Some place called Amarachi. Yeah. For my people back home. <laughs> and I was telling me how oh, some gold was discovered. And now every day people go there and you're given like a sack. Mm. Not a sack of gold, uh. but like a sack of of that 
those rocks and stuff and then like, you, yeah. you have to go peek through it and find the gold find the gold and then people find the gold and then there are people who are also there buying the gold ah. so buys buys gold for like a hundred thousand and it's wow. like hold on yeah you're looking at if it if it's legit yeah then it means because it, it's kenya right who's going to actually pay for the value of the gold that you found even if it is gold yeah at all right so this could be just some whole group of people okay you guys will bring the gold as we pretend we're buying it from these people who will come and take it yeah and it's just wash wash washing over there because bro i think there's 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 ways that you can authenticate and just check if it's gold there's like some tests you know some acids they pour on the thing and it's like "Mm, does it corrode does it you know because gold is mostly like a very durable inert metal so it doesn't it's not reactive to many things but anyway i mean hey the mining industry is so dirty as it is already um just the extractive industry you know you'd think that because our continent and this is something interesting to consider like our continent has the most gold and oil and all that stuff you know where why aren't we able to weaponize it the way russia have weaponized the oil for example like they have europe in a chokehold they can't disconnect the gas from russia russia holds its cards you know so i think that's an interesting question like Nord stream two didn't they yeah present Nord stream one that's still active in reference to (laughs) (laughs) it's something to consider like who owns our oil at the you know like you see how russia owns their oil and dangote dangote owns our oil oh he's building a refinery yeah but i think uh, what you bring up is is mm. a very important element um of even what we what we have sort of spent time learning about here at ilu mm. right last year we did there was this um case study that we're doing on is africa rising like mm. africa is africa rising yeah. right and one of the things that we're looking at is is like exactly like what you brought up we have the biggest natural resources reserve in the whole world mm. and you know just in line with exactly what you're saying you find that what what fred fred swanika in the day mm. is trying to do is bridge the gap between business private sector with mm. private sector and government right mm. leadership in the private sector mm. by entrepreneurs and businessmen and women and government policies leadership. and leadership and in the policy. government yeah. right because you find that the biggest reason why you know we're not mm. making making full use of of our of our resources is the people on top yeah, you know, aren't aren't sort of thinking that direction. Then signing the deals with yeah. these corporations, yeah. etc. That's interesting. I mean, how how does an economy? I'd, I'd be curious. Back to our Dutchman, um, a country like a country like the Netherlands, Mister Corret. How does how do they go about? You know, ensuring their sovereignty, but also creating wealth. Like what's <laughs> you said he doesn't know let's let's search that one up netherlands um source of 
you know what well, i've also been thinking yeah it's i saw this meme yeah. of as someone wrote we're we're living we're living our gcse case studies like, oh, like with a, what's yeah. happening with um with russia and ukraine and i feel like the biggest thing that i've i've been observing and just back to our episode earlier this week, this week mm. where simon was talking about like the media itself mm. i i take a lot of what i see from these news stations with a with a pinch of salt because you never know how yeah who's pushing their agenda right and i think it's it's a habit i built up after watching is a big data yeah. the whole trump issue the january 6th um insurrection and being not being too naive and you know consuming everything that you've seen uh, not just in international news but then in like local news back home in kenya with yeah. without um the election elections was coming so yeah yeah the campaigns are building up to the elections in august i think it's something something for young people to to start just being more cognizant of right now yeah not just being spoon fed because it's easy to get lost in yeah. in all that yeah. right and and an interesting paradigm that that you see happening is the narrative that's being put out about the russia uk ukraine um conflict right so on one hand you've got what you know most most of us are understanding is happening right okay russia is invading ukraine you know it looks like it looks like okay it's this big bully that's trying to eat up the small country and make it their own right surface level you know that's surface level thing that i think is being portrayed but on the other hand you have Putin's rationale, which he's been saying like in his meetings and press, whatever is, look, NATO have been expanding so aggressively against some of the agreements that they had. And now NATO are trying to be on their doorstep, meaning their security as a country is being undermined by the, by the presence of these like military bases, whatever. So that's why he called it a targeted military exercise you get not hey we're invading you know it's like hey we want to neutralize these minis that you guys have been setting up um and if we go back like was it 60 years ago the n- not 60 no, 1960 i think that was the cuban missile crisis the u.s invaded cuba because quote-unquote russia was in alliance with them meaning that russia would be close to u.s borders and have the ability to fire missiles and whatever to the U.S. population. Security threat. Security threat. So, you know, it's, it's the same thing happening. It's just that we don't go back into history to understand why, why does a country not like Russia versus U.S. Those are like the biggest bad boys in the, in the gang. They have to sit opposite each other on the table. But if you have friends who are getting closer and closer to that other person, you know, you can. Yeah. Yeah. So you see there's there's two sides to that story. So it's very important that right now we we take everything with a pinch of salt because each of the bad boys have something to say about it. Um, And now the question is, should we have a say? We're Africans, right? Let's like, what should our opinion be right now? Like, 
should we take sides? Yuri, what do you think? Um, you know, I generally think that, um, you know, it's, it's difficult for me to say that all Africans should be sided with Russia or all Africans should be sided with Ukraine, right? There's just so much to, you know, soak up before you make, you know, that, that distinction between, between the two, right? And like, for me, I wouldn't recommend anything, right? But I think just as I, you know, earlier, earlier on stated as that, for me, what I, what I believe in is, is peace, you know, and I believe in diplomacy. And I feel that that's something that should, should be put into action, right? Um, by, by both parties, uh, that's Russia, Ukraine, and, you know, the other key stakeholders that are, you know, within that whole, um, you know, that whole big story that we are now seeing on all, all television outlets, right? So, for Africa, I believe, you know, one of the key things that has really, you know, hurt me this, this couple of, you know, days that have just passed is seeing that video of, you know, Africans trying to flee from Ukraine to other parts uh, of Europe or probably even back to, you know, Africa, right? And, and them being very much, you know, clearly being, you know, marginalized, right? Just straight up and being uh, racially profiled. I think, I think as, as a whole world, right? As a whole world, as just one global village and one whole global community, we still need a lot. We need to do a lot to be able to become more inclusive of others, even in such a certain crisis, right? Because true character is revealed when there's a crisis, right? So I, I really feel for those students who went through that. I generally don't know how to respond to that. Um, I've had instances where I've been racially profiled, um, you know, when I was in Germany. And, and you know, for the first time that when it was made clear to me that I'm black, but I have a white father, right? Um, and, and that really hurt. So I can imagine, you know, someone flushing, you know, a whole assault rifle um, to you guys and you guys are just claiming that you guys are students and you just want to, you know, find a safe haven. So I don't know, like, how, how can we be more inclusive, right, as a whole uh, global community, right? Um, I think it's the 21st century. Uh, there's certain things that we shouldn't we shouldn't be pushing out, such as you know what 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 skin color is more pure than the other, or um, who's supposed to be given the first class ticket instead of the other. Because it it was like it was really really annoying that when I was watching something, I think it was Vice News or or Sky News, one of those, right, where they were saying that you know it's it's the it's the white people who are being given. Um, you know, first privilege, then the Indians, Asians, and then the Africans, and and that that really, you know, put me in a state where I was, you know, I was just reflecting a lot on certain experiences that I've been through, and really questioning what is right and what is wrong, and how, you know, how much can I soak up, right? How much can I soak up as, as someone who, in the future, believes that I would, you know, lead, you know, big organizations. That, that I would want us to be inclusive as a whole. 
So let's say you're in a, you're in a big company, you're probably leading a company such as um, Apple, right? Then you guys experience a very uh, great you know, setback, right? Let's say you guys have an issue with the supply chains or something. Let's say the, the company is just in crisis and probably you're going into the, you know, the blink of, 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 of bankruptcy. Right? How, how, how would you deal with that crisis, right? Because again, you know, crisis reveals a lot of character, right? So I feel like we, we, we have a lot to do. We, we have a lot to do. And for, you know, yeah. we, the younger generation, we need to be more educated on certain subjects so we know how to, you know, participate in such conversations. I don't know what you guys think. Um, I was actually just about to, to segue into that, right? How, because I feel like a lot, of, a lot of guys our age are seeing, are seeing what's going on. Um, and either one, they don't know how to process it. Two, they don't know where to get, um, they don't know how to respond. To it, they don't know where to get like relevant information. I know Sean, you had shared, you shared a link with a couple of different uh, media outlets, or rather, uh, places to get information. But I think I think the biggest the biggest things that we can give perspective to mm-hmm. is how each of us have have taken up response to this in our own way, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think I think for me, I've I've tried to spread out, I think you mentioned as well, I've tried to spread out where I'm getting this information in terms of media, mm. not just um, US media stations, UK, Europe, but also African, African stations, right? Because you can get to see, I feel like the media is, media is a lens to a country's perspective mm. and culture, mm. right? So I feel like also looking at how our stations back home in Kenya, um, I only looked at the Kenyan ones, but like how our stations back home in Kenya are portraying this, mm. right? And then making up my own conclusions or thinking thinking through it from, from my own perspective and everything. And as well as just having conversations like this, right? Because I feel like you're, you're sitting in lunch a lunch with your with your buddies and you guys are just bouncing off different oh i heard this i heard this, i heard this it just builds on on the information base that you can drop your own individual conclusions from i don't know how you you've been you've been going about this sean yeah i think that that's that's a that's a great point diversity of sources is important right now mostly because i i, I think we are we are conditioned to pick sides right since since you were a kid, it's team, it's this team or that team. You know, it's mom or dad. Mom or dad. It's uh vanilla or chocolate ice cream. You know, like you have to pick. Um, and so a lot of times our media does the same thing because the media themselves have already picked. And so when they're telling you the story, they're telling it to you from the side that they have picked already. So we also have to be cognizant that. Picking sides sometimes happens even without our consent. And the media we consume sometimes have already picked a side. So you have to be cognizant of the fact that someone owns this media station and that someone has specific interests or they subscribe to a certain train of thought or, you know, um, that, that, that kind of stuff. So 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting to see what stories get highlighted, which ones don't. Um, bro, like TikTok, all these apps, man, people are just spreading a bunch of stuff. Twitter also, things are being retweeted. I'm like, I thought you said those are Ukrainian soldiers. Oh, no, another one retweets and said, oh, these are Russian soldiers who are this. Man, I've just been seeing so much. So definitely, like, keep your wits about you. Um, don't be quick to pick sides. And genuinely speaking, people don't do such things um, for no reason. So also understanding what's the geopolitics behind this. Because personally, I've been learning so much just about like what is NATO? You yeah. know, like if you can't answer what what is NATO, why was it formed, and what can and can't they do, then you shouldn't be on Twitter telling people who is wrong, or right? You know, like we also have a responsibility to educate ourselves. So me personally, I've been taking this time to educate myself. I'm like, okay, wait, can you actually do this? Can you do this? And the truth is out there, but we just need to look and learn so that now when the headlines come. You, you can now objectively say, wait, actually, this happened because of X, Y, Z, and you're not waiting for someone to shape your opinion. So I think, yeah, as, as young people, we have our phones, um, Google stuff, be curious. I think this is going to be a super important lesson that we're all going to learn, even as Africans about geopolitics, right? What's our stance in the world? Are we just spectators? Are we, you know, so that down the line when we're in policy and when we're influencing, we can say, Enyewe, back when there was this war, Russia stayed in power because they had control over their oil. So now as when we're creating our policies, it's like, what's our priority? Control over our resources and our exports. You know, so there's lessons to be learned here. Like, let's not just look at the memes and be like, haha, okay, yeah, invasion. Or be like, oh, oops, no, invasion. This is, it's like, what can we learn as Africans? So yeah, guys, I mean, I think we're coming to the end of our time here. But Omina, you can you can wrap us, you can you can wrap up that thought. Yeah, I'll also add um yeah, there's also information overload, right? So protecting sure. yourself from that. So I think I I took a I took a partial social media break since last week Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um just also personal reasons, but then on, on the topic at hand, like just also mm-hmm. take a step back from platforms that easily propagate certain have algorithms that easily propagate certain people's media agendas right when was the last time you saw a a happy and joyful story you know this goes back to our previous episode if you guys haven't watched it with um simon cohen like Mm -hmm. messages of peace love and unity are few and far between like think about it no genuinely like off the top of your head okay what was the last positive thing you saw on social media chelsea lost ah. <laughs> um no but then no but facts yeah that's straight up um you... positivity doesn't sell it doesn't go viral um what was the hey man the fact that i have to think you know that's the thing like the past 10 days crazy yeah we'll we'll waste time yeah of me just <laughs> thinking about like good thing oh um they they finally had like one of the first successful heart transplants from a pig's heart like was put into a human 
that, that was like last week, huh? Yeah. No, but still, oh, that was a long time ago. Oops. Sean is here bantering over here. No, but the thing is, um, yeah, just guys to just keep that in mind that sometimes you need a break from from a bunch of this stuff. And I'll I'll read out a quote from Chino Achebe. My TL is depressing clearly, bro. Sean's looking at his Twitter TL right now. Um, the prominent Chino Achebe, the prominent Nigerian novelist, said um, that there's a there's that great proverb that until the lions have their own historians, the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. And that's just to tie into mm. what you've spoken about of mm. right how how are we or rather how are how are the different side, sides involved either in conflict or in conversation pushing the pushing their own narrative right um and it is just a call to action for as young people i think you know what you know what i realized sean and i feel like a bunch of us realize this when we were kids primary school even up to high school for some people at least for me yeah we weren't really paying attention to politics and news and stuff like that right understand is it, is it, is it understandably so i don't know but i think we're at an age where and and you know i'm sure the people who are listening to this are at that age where a lot of what's going on in the international in the in the international realm and locally will in one way or another impact the next five years of your life whether it's education wise whether it's career wise right and it's not it's not just strictly you know just politics you know you have what how just guys just take take like the next two minutes right after you finish um this episode which is coming to an end think about how your life has been affected ever since 2020. You just brought up the fact that this decade has been super crazy, right? How has COVID affected your five-year plan when you're in 2020? Yeah. Your school, your education, your career life, your personal life, your social life. I feel like when, when we view news or national, national international crises yeah. or, or a development in the world, basically, I think it's good to ask yourself, how does this affect me in the next five years? Right? Yeah. If it doesn't matter in the next five years, don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it. Yeah. That's one of the mantras um, that I, I usually follow. Right? So looking like at... Mm, Definitely. And, and, and I think having, having that long-term forward-thinking vision is it's definitely important. Like we could, we could get stuck in the months and the days that happen. I mean, like markets crashing took me closer to the poverty line but you know the only way is up from here when i look at it for five years so like that's something that i wake up and i'm like yo five years a lot can happen in five years a lot can happen so look at yourselves and just be like you know what geopolitics are changing that means that me i'm sure africa will be poised in a much better place what does that mean for africans you know like these things are exciting for me because I look at our people and us as young people. I me, mean, I think there's an energy we're about to unleash, but we also have to have long-term um, thinking. So, yeah, guys, that's my parting shot for you guys. Uh, Mr. Yuri Koret will wrap it up for us right now. But 
yeah, let's think about things in, in five years, 10 years. Um, we're very young. You know how Gary V, if you guys don't, if you guys follow Gary Vaynerchuk. We love you, Gary V. We love you. Um, Gary V is always telling people, you are so young. Like even 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, he's just like, you're so young. The other day I was thinking I'm old, but I watched a video of his. I said, you know what, forget about it. Forget about it. Any our fellow young man. <laughs> you record it. You record it. Thanks, guys. Um, you know, when you guys are talking about all these things, I just you know, so many episodes were just playing in my head. There's Yasmina episode that just turned out, and then there's Zamo's episode that came out, and all kinds of episodes. So feel free to, you know, go through those episodes, most especially Yasmina's episode where she, you know, she helps us look at things from you know a totally different aspect and questioning um you know every single thing that you know yeah you know is presented to you either on social media or news um but that has been our um founders episode for you guys we really appreciate all the effort and you know the love that you've shown us as an audience and you guys keep us going um really appreciate everything that you do and uh, in the next couple of days, we'll be dropping an amazing episode. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, great things are coming in this you know, month of March. And, you know, we're just, we're just so excited. We are just so excited. Okay, cheers, guys. And have an amazing weekend. That's from us to you guys. Bye.